I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns when past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So today, I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome back to Outer Travel in a Journey. On my show today, I'm greeting Philippa Daria Philip from Paris. Hello, Daria. <laughs> Hello, Alexandra. It's lovely to be here with you. Thank you. Thanks for coming to the show and taking time between the years. We can officially say that you took time out to, to come onto the show and because also your job is taking a little break. Um, Daria is a teacher in a Paris uh, school, but the school is an American school, isn't that yes, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. That's right. It's the American School of Paris. Mm -hmm. And you, you yourself, you come from a very complex background, which I only found out when I started reading your website. So do you want to say what part of ingredients are, you know, combined in you? Where did you live? What parents did you have? That's very fascinating already. Oh, thank you. Sure, of course. I was born in Toronto in Canada, and my parents emigrated to Canada um, after World War II. They, they were from close to city uh, in, Pol in Polish Lvov and Ukrainian Lviv. Um, it was Poland before the war, U Ukraine after. And um, so I actually went to school not speaking English. I was fluent in Polish and, and in Ukrainian. Uh -huh. And for my first career, my mom had always wanted to be an engineer. And so I ended up doing that. And uh, I worked for three years in Western Canada and also had uh, quite a bit of job exposure as I did the co-op program at the University of Waterloo. So that's relevant because after three years in engineering, when I, when I decided to switch to teaching, I really had had a lot of exposure in factories and offices and, and working with landing gear and automobiles and telephone companies and oil companies and that I knew that I really wanted to do something different after being a, a, a guest at, at a high school. And um, so I switched in, in probably about 1998 and mm. I taught in a high school in Ontario um, near, near Toronto and I taught science. And, um, and then in 2014, I moved to Paris where I taught at the International School of Paris for a year and then moved to the American School of Paris where I'm at currently. Yeah, yeah, wow. And you, you told me that to this date today, this is December the 29th for anybody who's listening as we're recording um, and while you listen to this later, but to this day, Daria, it's eight years past that you decided to take up your camera and delve into photography and make, uh, and you made a show, right? You had a kind of like an, a did. gallery outing. I did. I had, um, 
um, there's there was a vernissage. I my first one was in in Łódź in Poland, where um, my mm. mother's cousins live to to this mm. day, and I visit quite often. Um, and the show was called From Poland to Paris. It, it was that journey where, in the fall of, it was 2011. I just made an intuitive snap decision. Um, to travel to Poland where I hadn't been for over 20 years. And there I, uh, for a few days, also met up with a friend from Sweden and she invited me back to, for the summer. Yeah. And that summer I, I had the chance to be in Copenhagen and I saw Poland play USA in the volleyball finals in the Olympics. And, hmm. and I went to Venice that summer and, and because of that trip to Venice, um, I actually it started a long journey to come back to to come back to Paris and and it was it was December of 2012 and leading into the New Year's and it was this beautiful sunny day and um, I'd had my my Nikon for just about a year and yes I took a lot of photos that day which eventually went went into that vernissage from Poland to Paris. You know, to me, that's incredible because I think we all, you know, some of us like photos and images and because they speak to us more clearly. And I can see that particular in people that I attract because they also kind of go by the name of empaths. You know, we just kind of we like the cues of uh, photos because they kind of tell all the layers of the story. But what I find so fascinating about your story is that you also got a straight into a vernissage you know you got an outing for those photos and a lot of people they never even make it that far how did that happen that would be my curiosity question here um i had put my photos in a few places in 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 cafes in toronto and actually ah. just the story of nikon the nikon was interesting because at the time i thought well i i don't need more than a point and shoot and um, I love airplanes. And I did this trip to Montreal. And as the plane was taking off, I snapped a photo of the CN Tower. And it ended up showing the CN Tower and the Toronto skyline through the propeller blades of the Dash 8. And I had worked on the Fortran programming for the for the Dash 8 as a co-op student. So it was everything was very near and dear to my heart about this story. And the photo was in a cafe and an airplane mechanic wanted to buy it and make a wall size of it, except it couldn't be blown up more than a poster because it was limited by by the quality okay, by the of the setting and, and of the camera. Mm -hmm. And so then I'd gotten this, this Nikon and I, I just had so much fun with it, taking photos in, in Poland in, in March of in March of 2012, before that big trip to Europe. And I started making little gift cards from it. Wow. And when I was in, in Łódź in the summer, my cousin said, well, why don't you go down on Piotrkowska Street? And, and Łódź is very much this hipster artistic city. It has the, the cinematography museum where Agnieszka Holland um, studied and and she said why don't you go down to uh, LTF the the photography gallery and show them your photos and I did and they said well why don't we'll, we'll offer you a vernissage 
and so and so i that's what happened it was meant to be so to speak. it was meant to be yes so that's what happened in yeah. in the summer of um that would have been the summer of 2015 a year after i moved to paris mm. Yeah, and then you didn't, I, I think a lot of us dabble, and I speak for a lot of people that I know and for myself, sometimes in these black and white pictures, you know, you said you come from a background of engineering and teaching and teaching math as well. So it's all in the logical corner. And then you find yourself grabbing the camera and kind of engaging in artistic um ways of expressions and this is where you really made the step forward for me you know you brought these things together you call it art is science and science is art and you incorporate that in your practical teaching uh, inspired by different books do you want to say a little bit about that Yes, absolutely. And, and the, the original credit goes to um, Fuji film. There was a bill bar, billboard on mm. the highway and the old Gardner Expressway in Toronto. And it was those beautiful blue butterflies that depending on the color, on the angle that you look at them, the blue changes. Mm -hmm. And my father, I had one from my father, which and I always adored it. And the billboard had read art versus science. It's a tie. Yes. And I was always that I'm sure that launched my journey. Yeah. And so I would, you know, speak to my students about that. And then one year for a Christmas card, and I actually have it here. And I also used to love to bring in biology into physics and not just the traditional and the gunshot. What's the velocity of the bullet? I thought it was much more fascinating to talk about. Um, you know, a squid ejecting water and the force on the squid and the action reaction of that. And so one of my students, Katie Ha drew me this fish which looked like a spaceship and she said is this a spaceship is is, is it a fish and, uh -huh. and you know we can't show our listeners but i'm showing yeah, you yeah there's people what on it is. youtube who can see it yes uh, wow yeah that is super cute and um and from there on she actually went on to draw for me um something comparing biology and physics in each of the units Mm -hmm. And it, I'm hoping it's still at the school I taught in Canada, but I made a slideshow of it and mm -hmm. a, a PowerPoint of, of her drawings. And I would always start all my courses with it. This is this concept mm -hmm. of art versus science. It's a tie. And eventually, as I, I started thinking of, of doing my website, that became the theme, art is science and science is art. Mm. And then definitely, for me, art is about slowing down I, I just just remembered I, I hadn't mentioned this to you before but my second year in Paris I took a painting course and and it was one of my favorite moments of so far of living in Paris is running down the stairs from my studio on Juvenet and and meeting up with four or five people mm -hmm. and we would have a bit of champagne and wine and chocolate and just paint for three hours mm -hmm. and I just never felt so refreshed and rejuvenated yeah life and so it further bolstered this concept of art and science and how it impacts life and in terms of the books um years ago i had read david rock's book quiet leadership and i always remembered the story of when we learn how to tie a shoelace we we sit on the ground and as a child and we put all of our energies into making the little loop 
and I mean, eventually we just do it while having a conversation and thinking and planning our day. And then, you know, the next example I believe he had was when you learn to back up a car and, um, you, you know, the first time is just terrifying and just getting yeah. everything, everything right. And, you know, the parallel goes that we don't, we don't learn on a linear curve. It's much more mm -hmm. parabolic and, and we have to really concentrate and focus all of our attention and have the space and the time to make the mistakes and to focus our attention until we hit the knee of the curve. Yeah. And then we can fly. And that's what's impacted my teaching. And then you put that together with Carlo Nare's books in praise of slow, where he looked at all the different industries and, and in a lot of ways mm. didn't praise Europe and, and it's slower approach to so many things. Mm. Um, and that went into under pressure, putting the child back into childhood. Again, in another one of Coral Honoré's books talking mm. about giving the time and the space. Mm. And so that's where it all seems to come together is this concept of time and space. And I used to work with this concept of hidden in detail. And I think that's why I love the photography is I love taking photos of details and cropping photos and finding the details which are beautiful and and hmm. even when you talk about math and physics it is it is very detailed and when you get the solutions right they're elegant and so to yeah. me they're yeah there's an art to yeah. it i i think some you know for people who have been looking at spirituality only from the outside formula you know you go to yoga classes you listen to meditation tapes and so on and so forth and for people who've Deviled a little bit in Ayurveda. So these are the three lines that often reoccur in this podcast, these backgrounds, you know, they 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 haven't seen the detail yet. And yet, you know, the more you follow one of the cues I found, you know, for example, if you're interested in yantras, which is like um which are drawing kind of which are drawing paintings of expressing a certain energy within us, you know, and they kind of hung on the wall, you can see them. And a lot of us know them a little bit because there are some famous yantras. And, but what it comes back to in, in order for you to create such a thing, you need to know the math, how you create a, a circle. And it kind of lines up with what you said, you know, you need to know how to do your squares. And it's almost like you have to solve a mathematical math puzzle or anything I've, i went through to the extent of like for eight or ten hours of trying to draw one with a teacher you know and it's so fascinating what we overlook as long as we just only look at it from the outside you know you see a beautiful pattern and you'll you find that the pattern resonates with you. And so what you're saying to me, when you say like science is art, this is where it expresses itself. And we, as you know, like I'm, I'm not so much drawn to math as you have been or anybody else that I know, but uh, I, I think I got stuck on the, you know, I'm happy to know my percentages and I know happy to know how to multiply and do all the other things until I heard all these stories about, um, about how to draw a yantra and mm -hmm. about how, as you said, you know, like the curve of a bullet is almost like beauty, but you could also kind of express it through 
in day-to-day -day nature. That's what I'm hearing mm -hmm. you say. This is what's mm -hmm. kind of influencing you. Is that right? Absol absolutely. And um, it's just finding the many examples. When it, one of the projects the, st the students um, would do in one of my physics classes is to build a pan flute and you, you know, it, to get the, the length of the straw correct, you know, the frequency you know, mm -hmm. the, the vibration of, of the note and how, and students have composed Christmas carols and they've, one, one went on to do, I believe a, even a Bon Jovi song because they just get, they can bring their passion for music mm -hmm. into, into this physics project. Hmm. And isn't that also what they're trying in different school systems where they're trying to be more hands-on with their teachings? You know, I don't know how much that is like in America or in Paris, but here in Germany, we have different systems and uh, schools uh, where they are actually implementing these, Absolutely. you know, and touch and go. Is, that mm -hmm. is something that's been really wonderful teaching at, at the American school is... Um, the focus very much is on hands-on and laboratory activities, um, and the the equipment is is fantastic. And in some of the other courses, I, I've had the ability for them to to think up a lot of their own projects to do, which can really help them practice with with skills of of precision and, and understanding. And, you know, then it even brings in this historical concept. One of, one of the projects in one of the classes, they create a, a timeline of the history of the earth, but they have to do it to within a precision of um, a few millimeters, few millimeters in it. And I give them about, I would give them about a 10 meter roll of paper and they have to put, and, and they see how short really civilization and human history is in the four billion-ish years of, of the history of the earth. And absolutely. So then it, it brings together this concept of scale and history. And, and Carl Sagan was, was the genius of that, was he did this beautiful metaphor where what would happen if the history of the earth was compiled into one day? And it's oh. really in the last few seconds that, yeah. that show up. And so there's so many different ways to, to approach the math and the scaling and the percentages. And mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What is your, uh, now that you are teaching this actively and you're kind of doing your research on, you, you talked about like slow down and raise your bar on all these notions of details and recognizing and awareness you know you're talking about like teaching awareness to people through through this intermingling of art and science is there is there something that you want to say to the world with that website and with what you're experiencing what is your what are your hopes and dreams around it um, I guess my, my hopes and well, first, I, I would actually just like to address something from from the teaching with this concept of slow down and raise the bars. There's this Greek symbol delta, which means change. Mm. And it appears everywhere in science, a change of displacement, a change of position being a displacement, a change of temperature. And recently, I started teaching grade seven math the other year. And they need to add and subtract integers. And, and I've realized that it, was, it's, it can be very challenging for, for students. But yet, we all know that if we look at a temperature scale and 
we start at minus 10 degrees Celsius and go up to plus 10 degrees Celsius, that change is not zero, that change is 20 degrees. And you've either gotten warmer or colder. And so that has really, you know, this has become this message of mine is that we can use this type of common knowledge to really understand these foundational principles that then you then need later on in science when you're studying basic physics and and temperature changes and chemistry and and things like that. And so that is one of my hopes for for my website is showing people that by slowing down and really paying attention to the details and being careful to use brackets and positives and negatives and not doing shortcuts. And one of my my students last year came up with this beautiful phrase that she said, math is not magic, but it is magical. Mm. And and students would sign their emails using that phrase sometimes. And it came from Maya was saying, "Math math is not magic. You don't cancel something, it divides out, it becomes the number one cancel clears your screen. Mm -hmm. And so from that, I started realizing that, wait a minute. So if, if we slow down and really pay attention to these details, and we know from, from yoga and, and, and all sorts of, of mindfulness and courses that it takes hundreds of repetitions and years to get things right. And so giving the time and the space in a classroom to repeat and repeat and repeat the foundations until you hit the knee of the curve. And then the quality of the work actually really increases ironically. So by slowing down, you actually get so much more understanding, you relieve anxiety and you get much higher quality work as well. And so that came in to slow down and raise the bar. Mm. And to me, that is sustainable learning. You know, and that comes from all these books that I'm so grateful for, mm. which then lead leads into you can only have sustainable learning really if you're sustainably living. Yeah. If you are nourished and and you do have enough sleep and I'm so grateful for, for the habits and your work that I've, mm. I've done with you in terms mm. of really focusing on focusing more on sleep and nutrition and, and other habits. And to me, that's part of this concept of sustainable living. And there, there was another book and movie that really in, influenced my, my path here is um, Michael Pollan's The Omnivore's Dilemma. Yeah, I know, you know that one. Upon which, yes, upon which the movie Food Inc., was made and and uh-huh. and that was quite the story too because i i had wanted i'd so wish that there had been a movie made about omnivore's dilemma and i saw this this dvd at the time in winners in toronto it was called fooding i thought well oh, i'll just grab this and it turns out that was the movie based on omnivore's dilemma and i found a way to show it to all my classes no matter what course i'm teaching there's always mm-hmm. a way in Mm. with that movie and this concept of the slow food movement Mm. and reading that book and just understanding even the role of a hedge of trees by a farmer's field and how it supports an ecosystem yeah and that resonated with me because my my grandmothers and my grandmother's sisters would always have gardens and and they some 
you know, my, my grandmother's sister lived to 103. And I'm sure it was living off the land and, and living with very high quality food that contributed to this, even though they had lived through, you know, through two world wars, war, world war. you know, and I remember having mm. little carrots and baby peas from their garden mm. and the honey from, from, from the, the beehives. And, and so it all started coming together. And so this concept of sustainable living, and then to me living in Paris and loving where I live, and then, you know, that spilling over to my photography and, and boom, all of a sudden I found this year the way to integrate my passion for sustainability, for mindfulness, for all the courses I've taken with my photography, with all the beauty of Paris. and as well as with education, as I saw it as this infinite, you know, this infinity symbol and it all flowing together and- and Yeah. My, I have a thought and you might be, since you're in sustainability and math and details, you know, my thought is in one way we've become all experts and in becoming experts of something or some what, you know, like, I mean, we are this society, um, the Caucasian society, at least, you know, is, um, or the Caucasian influence society, I should say, you know, is, is very specific in drilling people into their specialities, you know, like you're a math teacher and you, you know, the, that's like a, a small form of saying you're that or somebody who's teaching yoga here, oh, I'm a teacher, you know, like, and then there's usually a method to that. And to me, that is in some way kind of focusing on a detail. You know, it's like almost like a, the, the, the closer you look and you, if you look really close through the lens, you can almost kind of see through into the world out again. It's almost like you fall through the rabbit hole, you know, to kind of really experience everything or that language, at least for me, the yoga language has become a synonym for understanding the world on all levels again and again and again mm -hmm. and on the other hand side what it can lead to in my eyes is that we become so you know idiotic and so ignored to the subject that we get stuck and then we don't have sustainability you know because sustainability also means to me that we are referencing to everything that is around us and that needs balance as such you know it's not um it's i i cannot eat fruits from from different seasons all the time if i'm into sustainability for example because it means they need to be harvested and planted in different cycles or you know they need to be stored whatever it is you know it leads us to that we're living contrary to what the natural rhythm is you know so is then again it is i think it is mm. a balance and i know exactly i i, I think i know wh where where you're coming from and it is and it's something it's one of my future <laughs> blog posts is I, I wanted to address this concept of you know these wise quotes and i'm probably going to misquote it but one by i'll by Einstein and the other one by Edison is, you know, when they talk about Edison having so many thousands of tries before, yeah. before getting the light bulb. And then Einstein, who says, you know, trying to solve the same problem with the thinking that went into it is the definition of insanity. Yes. Yeah. But isn't the trick to life knowing which quote to follow when? 
Yeah. Right. So Thank it's you. that balance of when do you follow Edison and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And when do you follow Einstein and you just jump ship and follow your imagination and, and, and just go at it, go at something from thinking out of the box. And, mm-hmm. and I see that as very similar to what you're saying is, is when do we need to really have enough detail and, and, and be a master at a subject in order to appreciate it and to be able to be able to teach it. Hmm. And when do we need to, it's it's sort of this concept of focusing and then pulling back. Right. And then knowing the big picture and how all the pieces fit together because not being a specialist in anything and, and trying to work and teach in it is dangerous, but then just being a specialist in one thing is equally dangerous. So finding that balance is, is really the trick to life, isn't it? It is truly well-spoken and well-summed up, Daria. Um, Last question here, where is your future taking you after having multiple journeys through different, uh, you know, societies and countries and I don't know, you know? Well, as of right now, I mean, I'm I'm happy with with where with where I'm at. I I love teaching, and and I'm really excited about um, about uh, this this website and where where it might go. I I think the way I've set it up is is that it it is something that's sustainable just to write and and to bring in hopefully some some people to 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 guest blog on the on on the website and to have my my photos there and you know link to it and so therefore to me that's a sustainable thing to add on to what i already do and and for now i i love france um there's you know i'm just a self-professed francophile i love <laughs> i love living here i love being having access to the mountains and having the beaches in normandy and then having the southern beaches and then and then around bordeaux and and there's just every i just i just love it love here Paris. So, exactly exactly <laughs> yes yeah, and I'm really curious to read on about your on-take of art is science and science is art. You know, that is just such a beauty. I think there is a few people who've tried that before. When we're talking, I suddenly thought about, um, now, quick, Alex, the uh, Da Vinci Code by, you're probably better. Mm. Oh, goodness. I, I'm not good when it went on, the, but yes, I knew, of course. Everybody yes. knows the Da Vinci yes. Code, you know, like yes. he, he, he is actually in his, you know, crime novel artistry of telling a story, trying to bring these things together, you know, how tightly art is tied to science. That's what I always find. And now that's a, we're talking about it, you know, it just occurred to me that there is people out there who are trying to bring that message to, you know, to come to a more peaceful establishment establishment of these different ways of being because we, we appreciate artists when they're famous and dead you know on top of that you know there's so many examples as you might know and uh, to just bring this more into the forefront I really appreciate that you're part of that you know that art is such um, well, well I think that that's part of I that probably completes my answer to why I would love to stay in France's is I adore the artisanal aspect of it, how much care 
and attention, whether you go to, to the butcher or you're at the market and, and everyone is just takes so much care with the details and they're so proud of, of their work. And, and I hope that's mm. not lost. I think that's, that's a very sustainable way of living. And it definitely get, gives me a feeling of being grounded and, um, and actually, I would like to mention one more thing is I did this personality test with a friend a while ago, and it actually showed that I have this above the scale need for beauty around me. Mm. And that's yeah. my survival mechanism. That's, yeah. that's my path forward. And so therefore, I know, you know, Paris can be hard for a lot of expats, but I think for me, I got that part right is I need the beauty and that gives me this sustainable path forward. Yeah. And uh, it just reminds me of where we are. We are in lockdown here in Germany uh, currently, and there's a lot of artists that are suffering because, you know, art is not only the presenting of, but also the exchange of that's what I feel, you know, like, so if we talk about musicians and listening to and, experiencing something together like even going through a museum and experiencing these you know vernissages and galleries and all these together with other people in awe you know that kind of creates a certain field and so um there is an imbalance currently here at yeah, least you know who, what is being furthered and not and the one is the science you know and that's why i find this conversation with you so essential to where we are at right now and yeah. that we are you know that we need to hold on to that idea that we you do because are. when you think about it you know to me where was the first place everybody turned to during this pandemic time was was the singing on the balconies yes and that's what went viral. What was going viral was, was the arts and people turning to drawing and painting and, and museums opening their doors virtually. And, and those first photos of, of the waters in Venice cleaning up. And that's, yeah. what, that's what was bringing the joy in the pandemic mm -hmm. to people and the sustainability. So yes, it's-, yeah. it's And we hope yeah. there's a path forward and, and definitely, an emphasis on a way to 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 keep that going and also to i think my message to the listener at this point is to not you know to not think you have to choose one or the other just really dabble in your art and in your artistry and whatever however it shows itself you know um, and see how that kind of makes you go about with your day-to-day -day life you know, and it's not one or the other, but as Daria is showing, you can find ways to combine it. Um, yeah, that's my message. What would be your message, though? <laughs> it should be your word Absolutely. here. Absolutely, and, and not be afraid to try something new. I'm going to go back to that second year where I did the painting class was really apart from the first day on proportion and ratios, how to draw a body. Um, after that, you know, the, the, the teacher, she was just wonderful. She would just say, pick, a, pick something and start drawing it and start painting it. And never in my life did I think I could paint something that I might like to keep. Mm. And absolutely. So just to take a chance and, and the magic that it wove in terms of 
grounding and it would take 45 minutes of frustration before I could calm down enough to get into it. And later, lo and behold, I read an article that that's exactly the amount of time that, that your mind and your body will fight you Mm -hmm. before you do ground and calm down very often enough to get into this place of flow. Yeah. And so that would be my message is, is it is all, it is all interconnected and not to be afraid to explore. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for the flow statement as well. I feel like we could just have another hour to talk, but <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Thank you so much, Daria, for this very interesting conversation and sharing a little bit of your life here in public. Thank you so much, Alexandra. Always a pleasure to speak with you. Hmm. And if you're looking out for her website, it's in the show notes. Uh, it's hidden in details. Actually, no, I've changed it to philippadaria.com. Okay, philippadaria.com it is. And you see the name properly written on the podcast notes. Yes. <laughs> you will find it. Thank you and goodbye, dear one. Goodbye. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation. 